Ken, and I appreciate you and Brett covering for me this last Sunday. Hey, uh, just uh, tell you some highlights about this last weekend. It's pretty funny. Um, the great thing is that this conference was watched by a lot of people. Um, I guess the online audience, they told us, ended up being like 60,000 people watching the conference. So uh, we were able to spread our, our uh, influence through Rock Harbor on there, and so it was a good conference. But some funny things happened. Number one, um, when you're in the prophecy world, there tends to be uh, some guys that are in the tinfoil hat brigade a lot of times that go to those things. And Keith was with me, and Keith can verify this, that every, every break we had, we had crazy people coming to me. And one guy comes up to me, and he goes, hey, man, I want you to join my movement, my, my, uh, my, my thing against the government. And then he, like, he goes, and I have an ankle bracelet right here, because they're... <laughs> I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm not joining your movement I don't know where you're from, but apparently you have some problems with the government already. Um, but you get kind of people like that. And then Keith, he just kept talking. I said, Keith, you know, I looked at Keith and like Keith got him out of here, man. Um, but you get some, some Lulus like that, man. But uh, <laughs> I'm like, okay. Anyway, we had that uh, going on. But here's an interesting thing that happened. Okay, so on Sunday, I'm preaching for that church down there. Uh, and I'm preaching, um, basically, I preached the same message Frank and uh, Brett preached out of Esther. But I was making some points, bringing in some current events about abortion. Maybe I'll show you this. It's a, r- a real crazy thing. Like, now these ladies that uh, are having abortions are making altars to their abortion. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. I'll show you on Sunday the video. Um, so I played that, and it's disgusting, man. It, I mean, it, it'll rock your world. I mean, we have reached a point now where we're worshiping Moloch, these people. I mean, that's how they offered their babies as a sacrifice to Moloch. And so this girl on the video is going through this whole motion, and I, and I, I make the point, man, this is sick. This is evil, man, what they're doing. And so two ladies, of course, got up and walked out and, and you can tell they're, they're, they're getting up in a huff. They weren't going, acting like they were going to the bathroom. They're ticked off at what I said. Well, the great thing about this, this is crazy. So Joe Pettick, the pastor, he's on the sidelines. And so he, he, he grabs them before they leave and they demand their money back as if they paid for something. They apparently, first time they come to the church, first timers, and they, they gave through the tithe and offering, and they demand their tithe and offering back to Joe. And so poor Joe's like, what's, what's going on? And the lady said, he shouldn't be talking about abortions. That's political, and that shouldn't be discussed in a church. And Joe, I mean, he just, God bless Joe, he's like, what are you talking about? Like, what Bible are you reading? And of course we can be talking about abortion and, and it's murdering babies. How, how, who, if we don't talk about it, who will? And it, it was just, you know, God bless Joe. He, it was a very kindred spirit, you know, same kind of church we are, speak out and, and stuff. But these people claim to be Christian, okay? They claim to be Christian 
And they even told you, we're against abortion. We just don't think it should be talked about in the church. What kind of mindset is that? So anyway, God bless Joe. He came back in after that service, and he came in, and he told the next service about what happened. And, and um, this was good for Joe, and God bless him. He says, look, man, we're going to talk about these issues, and if you don't like it, you can leave. And I'm like, Joe, you're my kind of guy, man. God bless you. You're right. If we can't talk about the murdering of babies and how evil that is, I, I don't know what kind of Christian, uh, Christianity you, you, you have. And, and, and so it was neat to see that, how Joe, you know, he's right along with us and stuff, but you see the, the remnant church ain't going to put up with that. So Joe got their money back and says, here's your money, take it and go. Uh, you know, so you know, God bless them. So there's a, neat things coming out of that. Uh, it, it's good to see other remnant believers because you realize you're not the only one um, that, that thinks the way we do and stuff. And then we're not crazy. And there's other people that, that hold to the same thing and see the problems that we're having. So <clears throat> what I wanted to talk to you guys tonight about in that same vein is because the conference was talking about, I mean, surveillance, um, big time. We had an ex-DARPA guy that worked for DARPA that talked about the surveillance they're do currently doing and how they were surveilling during the election, the last election, presidential election. They were sending drones and planes around the election polls and pulling data out of that and then sending back data to it. I mean, crazy stuff. And, and, and his name is Monkey. Uh, his, uh, I know, Monkey Works. So yeah, if you want to find out like highly intel stuff that's going on, just follow Monkey Works. Um, he doesn't usually do conferences, but he was talking about, he's an ex-DARPA guy, but he was talking about the surveillance they're doing, how they're pulling information out. And you're, you, you walk away thinking, oh my goodness, man, we have lost the ability to have a fair election anymore. These, these drones are just, he showed one thing, a map of Arizona and how this plane was just flying around over an, uh, one of the poles. And you're thinking, okay, man, they're messing with things. They're messing with the Dominion voting thing. And you're thinking, we've lost some, some rights here and whether people know it or not. And, and then you go down to uh, the Billy's presentation about how they're, they're, they're using subliminal messages on us, even through the TV and social media, and you're not picking up on this, to create people to think a certain way. And he showed examples of it, and you're like, oh my goodness, they're hitting us with that. And then, of course, I come in with doomsday stuff, and um, I go in with the, you know, the total economics and what's happening with farming and all that stuff, and you know, you, like Andy Woods came behind me. He goes, now I'm ready to slip my wrists now over what Brandon just said. And yeah, you know, you really, you, 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 you talk, talking about that and you're like, oh my goodness, what's happening? And I, I think so what the Lord put it on my heart to talk about then is all the, all the speaking put together, there's a common theme. And the common theme is we're not returning back to normal. You know that, um, we're heading in a direction in our country where you have the FBI raiding a former president and they still won't let us see the affidavit. And, and I, everybody I have heard on this from a legal analyst, where, whether it's uh, David, uh, David Hor Horowitz, no, uh, 
not Daniel Horowitz. Who's a law professor, ex-professor from Harvard? I went blank right now. Dershowitz, thank you. I listened to Dershowitz take. I listened to another attorney uh, that was on Tucker talking about this for about an hour. And um, they're, anal- they're, they're analyzing this saying, this was totally a setup to a political maneuver uh, against Trump, you know, and, and they have weaponized the FBI, they have weaponized the DOJ, they are, they're weaponizing this. And, 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 and you know, the, the FBI is now like the KGB now. And, and what you'll start realizing when you put all this together is like, we, we have a banana republic going on here. And I don't know if we come back from this. And so everyone's like gearing up for the next election and stuff. And they're like, oh, we're going to, you know, the Republican, we're going to turn this around. There's going to be hearings. That's all I hear from the Republican. There's going to be hearings. I want to tell Mitch McConnell, shut up. I don't want to hear you anymore. I want to tell Kevin McCarthy, shut up. I don't want to hear any, any more about your stupid hearings. People need to go to jail. And I know you guys are not going to do it. And so my point is, we're losing our country right in front of us. Okay. I hate to tell you this, but when you listen to Monkey Works and you listen to ex-DARPA guys, we're at the point of no return. When you realize that they're going to send drones over the election, pulling data out of Dominion, putting data back in people's phones to encourage them to vote for their candidate, you're like, oh my goodness. Unless we return to a a one-day election and you have to show up with an ID and your, and your, your uh, voting thing, a ballot in your hand, and you have a photo ID, and, you, and here's the thing, you have to vote today. Unless we return to that, it's rigged. It's rigged. You're not going to see any fair elections anymore. And, and so we're losing something. We're losing our country. We're losing our freedoms very, very quickly. And I, I think when, when we think about all this, we're going to have to spiritually prepare for this because it's going to be a rough ride until the rapture. And I want, to, I want to bring our attention. Did I go? What happened to the thing? Um, is that your? That's the drones. DARPA's shutting me down, man. Is my thing not plugged in? Sorry, guys. No, it's saying no signal. Unplug it and plug it back in. The HDMI? Sorry, guys. You got? You, you can figure it out for me. But am I unplugged in the power? All right. I think it, I think it, I think, yeah, go ahead, Stephen, while they're working on that. You know, go online to Hope for Today. I'm oh, sorry, Hope for Our Times. Hope for Our Times, Tom Hughes, and you can get it. You pay like 14 bucks and you can watch the whole conference. It's really, really good. A lot of good speakers. The information almost is overwhelming. Okay, go back to my thing. What happened? Wait. Oh, the power strip? Well, it's saying my battery's still critically low. Yeah, it, it's, it's, uh, you're, you're, you're plugged in. Okay, 
It's restarting, man. Okay, there we go. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it, dude. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, so, so back to what I was saying. Um, we're going to really have to prepare for this. And I, I, I'm thinking to myself, I was driving back from the conference, and I'm thinking, dude, am I spiritually ready for this? Um, you know, you'd like to think, uh, okay, I can handle it, and, you know, I got my spiritual game intact. And I'm really thinking... What they're planning to do in the next six months to a year, I don't know if I'm ready for that. And so I need to up my game because one of the things, maybe you're feeling this way like I am. I'm extremely angry. I'm extremely angry for, angry for what I am seeing, the injustice. All, all, I mean, all, all, in all sectors of society, right? Um, the grooming of children for pedophilia, um, the, the, you know, they're now the, the world economic forum is pushing us to get off of meat. I'll talk a little bit more about this and where they're going to push us to, um, the, the forced starvation, uh, that they're planning on doing. Um, I'm getting pretty upset and I have to be careful because what they're doing to Trump as an example, as just an example, they are goading the American middle class to start a rebellion, okay? They are wanting a civil war. They want people to retaliate because that plays right into their hands because they, they can declare martial law and it's game over. You see what they did to January 6th people. There are people in jail that are in isolation, bad food, and they're not coming out. There's no justice for them. And now when you see them targeting political people that are their enemies, it's not good. So one of the things I thought about, and the Lord, I guess, put it on my heart. He says, Brandon, here's, here's the, what you've got to learn. I know you're getting angry because of the injustice. It's like a righteous indignation. I'm not going to take revenge. I'm not going to do anything stupid. But the anger is really in there. I can feel it about the evil that I'm seeing perpetrated. And, he, and he, of course, the Lord affirms, oh, yeah, this is the plan, this is how it's going to go. But in order to deal with this, there's something I need to do. Because right now, I'm protesting inside internally. I'm protesting this. And so what I want to do is I want to show you what the Lord's taken me through so I can pass that on to you. Because it's going to be very important of how we handle the next six months to a year or whatever they're planning on doing. I mean, the fireworks are ready to go off. So let's, let's look at Job, okay? There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and the, that man was blameless and upright. So he's a righteous guy, Okay? And he's doing everything according to what God wants him to do, right? And one who feared God and shunned evil. So he's our kind of guy. Upstanding citizen, can't get better than Job, okay? And seven sons and three daughters were born to him. So he had a large family. Also his possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large household. So that this man was the greatest of all the people of the East. So he had wealth. 
He was a righteous man and he, he, he was prosperous for what he had. So basically, this guy had his own business running, his own corporation. He had built it from the ground, so to speak, and he was a righteous guy. It's very difficult in these days and times and even back then to find a rich guy who's righteous. Think about all the rich guys now who are unrighteous, whether you're dealing with Bezos or you're dealing with Zuckerberg or, or whoever, Jack Dorsey, they're all evil, right? Hard to find this kind of guy, Okay. And his sons would go and feast in their houses each on his appointed day and would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. So it was when the days of feasting had run their course that Job would send and sanctify them. And he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did regularly. So in the patriarchal days, I mean, these, Job is before Abraham. By the way, the book of Job is the oldest book of the Bible. Okay? It's not Genesis. This was uh, already in existence before Moses wrote the five books. So it is the oldest book of the Bible. So this is even before Abraham's time. Okay? So Job, in, in that period of time, it would be the father of the home who would set up an altar and make sacrifices for their family. So Job is... is pictured as a Messiah type of figure where he's a mediator between God and man, right? And that he's like, I don't know what they're doing feasting, but I'm sure it, it, just in case that they did something, I'm going to sure make, uh, I'm, I'm going to make sure that I do sacrifices for them just in case, just to cover them. And that's the kind of guy he was watching even out for his kids. Okay. So it, the, the Bible is portraying Job as a very good guy. Okay, let me back up and show you the bigger picture of Job, okay? Job and his story is a story about humanity. It is a historical story about one individual, but it's what Job represents. He represents in humanity the believing aspects of humanity that believe in God, that follow God and are saved, okay? The saved element of humanity. So the drama is, will saved humanity cooperate when they lose things? Will they still worship God if they lose things? and things are taken away from them. Will they still be loyal to God or will they compromise? That's what the setup is about. It's a story of all of believers. It's a story about you and I. Will we compromise when they start taking things away in our life? Okay, okay. Now we move to heaven. Now, there was a day when the sons of God, that this, this is the B'nai Ha Elohim. The sons of God can be good angels, and there are also fallen angels there. And one of the fallen angels is Satan, who's going to appear before God. They came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. Here's the thing. Satan still has an audience with God in heaven, by the way. He still has access to God and still communicates back and forth. In fact, what he's doing right now is accusing us before the Father. Anyway, and the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? And it's not like the Lord doesn't know. 
It's just using anthropomorphic language to, 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 create more, uh, to create more of an environment where Satan will answer. But here's the thing, Satan will not answer. So Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. So he's not giving a direct, an- he won't give a direct answer. He's, um, I'm just out over here, going back and forth, to and fro, walking back and forth. Now that language is very interesting. That language is priestly language, and it, it, but not a priest for God. It, it, it has the idea that he's going through the world seeking whom he may devour, looking. But he won't specifically say who he's looking for. Again, this goes to Peter's saying that Satan is like a lion seeking whom he, whom he may devour. Anyway, the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? Because this, God knows what Satan's up to. He knows what he's looking for. He's looking to take believers down. So this is why God poses this question to him. Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil? So he says, why don't you take one of my servants, one of my best servants, and let's Let's see what you can do with him because that's what Satan's game is. He's trying to destroy believers. Okay, so Satan answered the Lord and said, does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has and he will surely curse you to your face. You get the message here? The only reason Job serves you, God, is because of all the wonderful things he has. You have blessed him. He's multiplied. He has an empire. Of course he's going to serve you when times are good. I guarantee you, this is the wager. Satan is saying, I guarantee you take his stuff away and watch what he does to you. He will disown you and curse you to your face. Try it. So there's the drama. There's the test. And that's the test for you and I. This drama that Satan is doing to Job is what he does over and over again to believers. God, I guarantee you, you take things away from Brandon, he will curse you to your face at some point in time. Take it, take it away and see how he reacts. And then you can slip your name in there as well. That's the test that Satan is having. Take his stuff away and watch what he does. We'll see if he's loyal to you. And the Lord said to Satan, behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on his person. So Satan went from the presence of the Lord. And now Satan will then enact his wrath on Job. Okay, so watch what he does. Now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in the oldest brother's house. And a messenger came to Job and said, the oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them when the Sabaeans raided them and took them away. Indeed, they have killed the servants with the edge of the sword and I alone have escaped to tell you. Tragedy number one. He's starting to have now his property taken away from him. That sounds real familiar to what the World Economic Forum wants to do. 
You will own nothing by 2030 and be happy. So the first thing he hits is he takes away Job's property. They don't want us owning things anymore. What they tried in Sri Lanka was a circular economy and Sri Lanka went on its head. The circular economy means that you just rent stuff. You don't own anything. So, Brandon, how are they going to take from me the things that I own? They'll just make it so unaffordable for you to maintain it that you will have to give it up. That's how. They will just give you so many taxes that you simply won't be able to afford the things you own. You will have to eventually give them up. That's their methodology. It is the same as Satan sending the Sabaeans to take Job's property. Nothing's really changed. They're doing the same thing, and it's very satanic, right? Again, let's look at another tragedy. While he was still speaking, another came and said, the Chaldeans formed three bands, raided the camels, and took them away. Yes, and killed the servants with the edge of the sword. I alone have escaped to tell you. More property now is taken. And again, this is an economic thing you've got to see. By taking his property, it leaves Job with owning nothing. Now, like I said, this is the most ancient book of the Bible. What was happening back then is happening now. Whoa! It can't be more relevant than, than, than what you're seeing today. And then cosmic things start to happen. And this is from the hand of Satan. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, the fire of God. Now, this, they're interpreting it the fire of God, but really the fire of Satan, okay? They don't know how to interpret this. The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. I alone have escaped to tell you. So now, not only do you have people stealing your property, you have natural disasters taking his property as well. And the natural disasters are coming from Satan. Satan is the one doing this. Let's think for a little bit about this. Natural disasters that are created by Satan to take people's property away. So let's think what they're doing now. They are manufacturing crises as we speak in order for you to give up your property. Global warming hoax, that's a manufactured crisis in order to scare you that you have to get these sustainable goals that the Chinese Communist Party gave the UN and it includes you giving up more of your life to save the planet. Sounds familiar, right? Something that Satan's cooking. So here's the point about this one. The test is having our wealth stolen or our lifestyle reduced or altered is the test that we're all going to have to deal with. Like I said, I don't think we come back. If we don't come back, that means my life is going to be altered. Your life will be altered. You're going to have your wealth stolen. 
Okay. What happens if they start saying, you know what, your 401k, we need to tax that uh, already now. We're not going to wait until you retire to start taxing that. We're going to tax that now while it's sitting in your, 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 your account. That could possibly happen. They have talked about this. Now, here's the funny thing. The new, um, they, they call it inflationary bill or what? Re, yeah, the Inflation Reduction Act couldn't be more of a misnomer. It's all about taxing you and I. Inflation reduction. They're going to actually raise the inflation and you're, you're going to get your bank, your bank account, your money, your wealth taxed more. More. In fact, someone making, I think, even 10,000, no, wait, was it 20 or $10,000? I can't remember the stats I looked at. Someone making that amount, 20, 10,000, are going to be taxed an extra 3%. Okay? What, what, they said, oh, they, but they told us they guaranteed Joe Biden is not going to tax anyone making under $400,000. Flat out lied. The stats are now showing that you and I will pay more taxes. Even the lowest strata of people of 10,000 to 20,000 will be taxed a 3.5% more than what they have been. Everyone's going to get taxed. That means you're going to reduce your lifestyle. That means you're working for the government longer. I think the last stat I saw that you're, typically people are working through April, maybe into May to pay their taxes to the government. That's how bad it's getting. That means your lifestyle's reducing. Now, what happens with inflation? That means your money has less purchasing power. Your wealth is being stolen through inflation. Your, your dollar just doesn't go any further. And they know that having uh, printing off money and having all this money chasing too few goods does what? Causes inflation. They know it and they want it. They know putting up the gas prices higher creates people to, to move off of gas onto electricity. They know it. You're having the same thing that Job is having, a reduced lifestyle, and, and, and everything's changing. Now, here's another thing. With the technocracy that's coming, they want to abolish private property. And they say it's by 2030. I believe it's going to be faster than that. They're just going to make things so, so unaffordable that you can't do it. The, the thing now they're doing with farming, they are putting the squeeze on farmers all around the globe, by the way, a lot, telling them they can't use nitrogen-based fertilizers. California's reducing the water to farmers right now killing jobs, killing small farmers, and then the corporations are buying it. So they're reducing it. They don't want people, they don't want small farmers owning this anymore. They want the corporations to own it, which according to their, their private-public partnership, the government will tell the corporations what to do, and the corporations will then be the major farm owners. That, this explains why Bill Gates owns 250,000 acres in the United States because the government is going to use corporations to farm and tell them how much food to, 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 to plant and to sell. 
which is going to cause starvation. And the starvation is going to start in the third world countries. And food scarcity will be a global problem. And it's going to be here as well because they will control all the farming. Look at the Netherlands. They're, they're destroying the Netherlands. You understand the Netherlands is second to the United States in food production. So they go after them, destroying it. Epic Times documented that high-level Chinese party CCP members within the UN system helped create the UN's 17 Sustainable Development Goals and are currently helping lead the organization's implementation of a global plan to destroy farmers, ranchers, food supplies around the world. This will lead, uh, would lead to economic devastation, shortages of critical goods, widespread famine, and dramatic loss of individual freedoms. Furthermore, Numerous UN agencies and officials have outlined their vision of sustainability, which includes calls for drastic restrictions on energy, meat consumption, travel, living space, and material prosperity. Some of the world's wealthiest and most powerful corporate leaders are working with communists in China and elsewhere in an effort to centralize control over food production and crush independent farmers and ranchers. Furthermore, the UN Conference of Human Settlements, known as Habitat One, stated that in order to have sustainability, land cannot be treated as an ordinary asset controlled by individuals. Did you catch that? And that private land ownership is a principal instrument of accumulation and concentration of wealth, therefore contributes to social injustice. Public control of land use is therefore indispensable. That's our enemies telling us what they're going to do. Okay? We, I, I'll say this over and over again. I don't know if Satan has a deal with God, but whatever it is, every time they're going to do something, they tell you what they're going to do. And people just don't listen. People don't pay attention. But there seems to be a spiritual principle. And, 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 and maybe, I don't know, it's, it's God's way of giving people a choice of a way out. Of saying, okay, they tell you what they're going to do. You can make this choice now. I don't know. I don't know what it's about. But evil will always tell you what they're going to do. And they cannot stand that you own private property. Now, if I trigger that back to Job, what did Satan go after with Job? His property. It's satanic to go after private property because under the Ten Commandments, thou shall not steal. The positive of that is humans have a right to own private property. That's what the commandment means. And so it's Satan is the one that says, no, I'll take that from you. I'm telling you guys, it's very satanic. So check this out. It gets worse. And while he was still speaking, another also came and said, your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in uh, uh, their older brother's house. And suddenly a great wind came across the wilderness. Now, where does this great wind come from? It's coming from Satan. Can Satan and can fallen angels tamper with the weather? Oh, yes, they can. By the way, can humans tamper with the weather? Yes, they can. They can seed storms. They can divert things. Yes, they can. 
Interesting, huh? A great wind came across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house. And it fell on the young people. And they, and they are dead. And I alone escaped to tell you. So his 10 kids, the roof collapsed because of the wind and killed all of his kids. Ah, what did Satan go after? He went after his kids, his family. Who is Satan going after right now? Kids, your kids and grandkids is who they're going after. They're going after them. Now, I, I like what Dennis Prager said, and, it, and, and Frank, we need to use this for evangelism when you go out on, at Riverside. But when you're coming up to an adult and you, you can see that they, they've had kids and they're probably at the age like I'm at where you have adult kids now, ask them this question. Are your kids, your adult children, aligned with your values? And watch their responses. Nine times out of ten, they will tell you, my kids are not following the values I taught them. Nine times out of ten, they'll tell you that. And that's a good conversation starter, and then you can tell them why. But Satan has went after the kids effectively. Now, here's the interesting thing. I was doing an interview with Shannon Schulten yesterday, um, and they're based out of Las Vegas, and she told me something very interesting about a video game. And it was a video game called Goat... I, I, I'm not into video games, but it was about goats. And she thought, she said, Brandon, I thought it was just a, a game where this, this thing, this, these goats are just jumping around and jumping around and you move the goats and he eats this. And she said, you know, I thought it was innocuous, it, it, just nothing. It, it's just a stupid game. Until my kid came to me and says, mom, I'm not going to play that game anymore. She says, why? She goes, he goes, she goes, mom, I can't even show you, but... It's bad, and I'm not going to play it anymore. She goes, no, go ahead and show me. Anyway, in, in the game, as you move your goat around, you go through a door, and all of a sudden, you're in a satanic ceremony. And you move your goat, and you can move your goat on the altar to Satan and sacrifice your goat to Satan in this satanic place. And she said, Brandon, I, I, I thought it was just nothing. And the, the, the creators of these games put in satanic sacrificing into the game. Had my kid not told me that, I would have never known. They didn't advertise that. But they're sticking stuff in our games and whatever to corrupt our youth through these games. I read stats. Here's an interesting thing about military. Before... Uh, these video games where you kill everybody in these video games came about. Before our military had a hard time training new recruits to be able to pull the trigger on another human being. And so it took a lot of training to get them to that level. And guys still had a hard time in the military doing that, right? So it was hard. But after video games, the military is having no problem now. They notice that the new kids coming into the military are way over the top in wanting to kill people. 
because of the video games, because of how much violence they have seen and pulling that trigger in a video game, they have, the, the Marines, the army have no problem teaching them to kill other people. It's that easy now. Things have changed. And through Satan, he has gone, gone after the younger generation and, and, and corrupted them and basically destroyed a lot of them. Now you have most of the kids that, that think, oh, I'm pansexual, or I can be this way, I'm a girl, I'm a boy. You know what just happened today? How bad it's happening in the schools? Let me tell you something. We have a friend that works in facilities at Centennial High School. You know what he said today? He said, they ordered me and the other facility guys to install tampon boxes in the boys' bathrooms. I know, right? And, and you're sitting there. I know what you're, my, my mouth just dropped. I'm like, okay, we're here. The, the public schools are doing that. And thank God this Christian man said, I ain't doing that. He actually just got up and left. He wasn't going to put tampon boxes in the boys' bathroom. We have lost our minds. But notice who they target, the, the younger generation, Right? So Satan goes after Job's kids and kills them. Now, with our generation, he has no problem killing them, but if he can corrupt them, then they're, 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 they're right into his plan of corrupting everything else. Yikes. Here's the test. The test is having our family's lives destroyed and our future ruined. Now, that's, this is what we're seeing. My kids are suffering because of the shutdowns still. My kids still have, was, were impacted and it's still with them right now. They're struggling with what happened. They lost a good two years of their life and that you can never get back. Other kids have committed suicides. What they're doing now is destroying families. And their intent is to ruin our future because they think they have a better idea of what our future should be. And I can tell you what our future is, slavery for them, slavery. Look at this. Talking about our future kids, okay? The pedophiles now are flying their flag up because they want to join the LGBT community and be recognized as legitimate. And so now the, the, uh, it's called MAP, um, minor, uh, minor Attracted Person. Minor Attracted Person. So I want you to look at this flag. Notice the colors. I'll tell you what the colors represent on the pedo flag. The, the pink and the light pink represent pedophilers who are attracted to uh, girls that are children. The blue, obviously, and the light blue represent pedophilers that are attracted to boys, little boys. The yellow in the middle stands for the innocence of, uh, sorry, stands for uh, childhood. And the white in the middle is the biggest hypocrisy you could ever imagine, stands for the purity of their love. Right? Here's what they're missing. A red stripe for the hell they're going to. This 
is why they're grooming kids in schools for the pedophilers. Minneapolis school district defends plan to lay off white teachers first. Did you hear this? So we're going to send, it doesn't matter what you're doing, how many years of tenure you have or whatever seniority, if you're white, you're the first one to get uh, canned. That's insane. That is flat out racism. But yet nothing's happening to them. Nothing's happening to them. They're destroying our culture. They're destroying our kids, just like Satan destroyed Job's kids. Now we have humans are useless now. This is the new thing. Did you notice that Satan just kills people? His thing is to affect Job by just killing people. He kills all 10 kids. Satan is a destroyer. He's a murderer and a liar. All he wants to do is kill humanity. Now, through AI and technology, humans are useless. Now, I played this at the conference, but I have a new thing I want to show you today. Listen to this, though. What are humans for? As far as we know, for nothing. I mean, there is, <laughs> there is no great cosmic drama, some great cosmic plan that we have a role to play in it. Uh, and we just need to discover what our role is and then play it to the best of our ability. Uh, this has been the story of all religions and ideologies and so forth. But as a scientist, the best I can say, this is not true. There is no universal drama with a role in it for homo sapiens. Then the big political and economic question of the 21st century will be what do we need humans for? Or at least what do we need so many humans for? Do you have an answer in the book? Um, at present, the best guess we have is uh, keep them happy with drugs and computer games. What do we do with the excess humans? Keep them happy with drugs? I, I, think, I think the Antichrist has a bit different idea about keeping them happy. He just eliminate them. Now, here's an interview. It's about three minutes. This is the newest thing. It came out nine days ago. Listen to this. But I think part of what is going on on maybe a deeper level of, 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 of the human mind is that people sense, a lot of people sense that they are being left behind and left out of the story, even if their material conditions are still relatively good. In the 20th century, what was common to all the stories, the liberal, the fascist, the communist, is that the big heroes of the story were the common people. Not necessarily all people, but if you lived, say, I don't know, in the Soviet Union in the 1930s, life was very grim. But when you looked at the propaganda posters on the walls that depicted the glorious future, you were there. You looked at the posters which showed steel workers and farmers in, 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 in heroic poses. And it was obvious that this is the future. Now, when people look at the posters on the walls or, or listen to TED Talks, they hear a lot of, you know, these big ideas mm. and big words about machine learning and genetic engineering and blockchain and globalization. And, and they are not there. Mm. They are no longer part of the story of the future. And I think that if I, again, this is an hypothesis. If I try to understand and to connect to the deep resentment of 
people in many places around the world, part of, of what might be going there is people realize, and they are correct in thinking that, that the future doesn't need me. You have all these smart people in California and in New York and in Beijing, and they are planning this amazing future with artificial intelligence and bioengineering and, and global connectivity and whatnot, and they don't need me. So maybe if they are nice, they will throw some crumbs my way, like universal basic income. But it's, it's much worse psychologically to feel that you are useless than mm. to feel that you are exploited. If you go back to the middle of the 20th century, and it doesn't matter if you're in the United States with Roosevelt, or if you're in Germany with Hitler, or if you're in, in, in the USSR with Stalin, and you think about building the future, then your building materials are those millions of people who are working hard in the factories, in the farms, the soldiers in the... You need them. You don't have any kind of future without them. Mm. Um, and now fast forward to, to the early 21st century when we just don't need the vast majority of the population because uh, the, the future is about developing more and more sophisticated technology like, again, artificial intelligence, bioengineering. Most people don't contribute anything to that except perhaps for their data. And whatever people are still doing, which is useful, these technologies increasingly will make redundant and will make it possible to, to replace the, the people. So a lot of humans will be left behind. Okay. So a lot of humans are useless. We don't need them. And a lot of humans are going to be left behind. That's their view of you and I. Okay. That view comes from Satan taking out people. He hates them. But we're, we're, what is this about? Well, the same drama that, that, and the catastrophes that, are happening to, that happened to Job are starting to happen to us. They're looking to eliminate family members. So what do you mean? How is this going to hit me, Brandon? Well, if we get on universal health care, guess who the first people they're going to target? The elderly. And the first thing they're going to do is ration health care to them. And so, just like you saw with COVID and the whole shutdown and all that, some of you couldn't get care for your family members. My stepfather died because he couldn't get care, and he died in San Joaquin after 12 days of not getting proper treatment. That's how they're going to do it. So when they say, well, it's, it, they don't care about elderly dying. They don't care if, if there's massive abortion. They don't care because we need to reduce the human population because they're just useless. They're just uh, food eaters, mouth breathers. That's it. We don't need them. Okay, so with all that being said, then, what's the answer to this? How do I cope? How, where, where, I, I'm seeing my whole life be rearranged. My whole future, my plans are changed now. And I'm seeing this evil not being stopped. How do I cope? How do I deal with this? Watch what Job says. Then Job arose, tore his robe, and shaved his head. And he fell to the ground and worshipped. Wow. And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. 
The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And in all of this, Job did not sin nor charge God with wrong. Wow. Wow. All, all his kids are gone. His property is gone. He's lost his life. He's lost his heritage. There's no one to keep his name going. It's over. It stops with him. And then I can't even show you, I don't have enough time to show you his crazy wife that later on in chapter two says, why don't you just curse God and commit suicide? Get it over with in this stuff. And then he gets afflicted health-wise. It's, it's awful. He doesn't even have the support of his own spouse. But what is, what is the key here? When he is saying this, as you see, naked I came from my mother's room and next shall I return. The Lord gives, the Lord take us away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The big key idea for you and I coping with loss is acceptance. That's what he's saying. The Lord gives and I will accept when he takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, I can get into all kinds of other things about what happens when you lose things. Um, and, you know, God can work good out of, of, of loss and all kinds of stuff. But I want to just stay here. This is the fundamental issue because here's what happens. When I counsel people out of grief, and we're all grieving, by the way, through law. When you lose, you grieve. And I don't care if it's losing rights or it's losing a, per, a family member, you will grieve. The only way to get through your grief to the other end of it is through acceptance. But through grief, here's what starts happening. The first thing that you, you get hit with is disbelief. And that's where a lot of people are at right now. They cannot believe they're watching this happen. And a lot of people say, I I'm just gonna bury my head in the sand and pretend it's not happening. It's happening. My job is to prepare you and your job is to prepare your families. Okay, so it is happening. So we have to, first of all, get out of the delusion that this is not happening. That's, that's first. The second thing is what happened was anger. Anger. Anger that this happened, that you lost something that was precious to you. So anger stop, starts. And then after anger is, is depression. You become depressed. And then after depression, you go, you go into what they call bargaining. And what do you mean by bargaining? Well, if I would have done this different, if I would have spent more time, if I would have done this, if I would have saved more food, if I would have told this person, that person, whatever, that's bargaining. But all phases prevent you from acceptance. So I can tell you where I'm at. I'm like between anger and depression in all of this. I'm right here and I can feel it. And I go back and forth of, of, of anger and then I feel depressed about what I'm seeing. And, and even not just with that's happening, I, I get into de, uh, a depressive state because I'm watching my parents and they're getting older now and the season is changing for me. I'm, being, uh, I'm in the sandwich period of my life. So I'm taking care of my kids and they're older kids, but now I have to go and take care of my parents because they're getting older, they're getting frail, they, you know, they need help. And I'm watching my parents fade away right in front of me. 
And they're healthy. Don't get me wrong. They're not dying. But how I used to relate to them five years ago is now very different now. They're frail. They're, they, they're having hard times walking. And, and I'm like, wow, am I really here? And I'm, it's, it's grieving me. Because I, I, I never thought I would see my parents get to this age and be so frail at this point in time. Uh, you, you, never, you never think that day's gonna come, right? But it is. And so you grieve over that. And, so, and then I grieve over what my, 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 my what, what kind of future does my kids have now? After what they're doing? What kind of future is this? I don't know. I don't know. But here, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm, not, I'm still trusting God for what our future is and all that. But here's what I'm trying to nail down. In order to get past my anger, in order to get past my protesting this and disbelief that I cannot believe what I'm seeing, pedophilia, all, I mean, we're past Sodom and Gomorrah. To get past these stages that I'm in, the only thing I'm going to have to do to get past it is I have to accept it. I have to accept it as God's will, just like he said right there, and to understand that God has a bigger plan, and I know that prophetically, you do too that God is, is shifting everything in his direction. And then I do have hope. I'm going to be raptured at some point in time before it gets really, really bad. And so I know the hope that I have. But the Lord told me, you better, Brandon, accept what's happening to you or you're forever going to be stuck in protest. Forever. And at that point, I will get... I can tell you, if I get stuck in protest, I tell you what will what, happen to me. I'll have a root of bitterness about this. I will become extremely angry inside. Um, and, and I will become embittered, cynical, critical. All those things will start popping up inside of me because I'm in protest mode. And basically, what, what does protest mode mean? I want my life back. I want my kid's life back. I want my wealth back or whatever, not wealthy, but money that they're stealing from me. I want it back. But that kind of attitude doesn't fly. Look what he said. Naked I came in and naked I'm going to leave. There's no U-Haul behind the hearse. I'm not taking it with me. There's no pockets in the, the burial shroud to put things in. It, I'm, I'm leaving the same way I came out of it. And then that, that's where he starts realizing this is God's will and I must accept it. And eventually, he says later on, I'll see my redeemer one day. And basically the, the concept there is when he sees his redeemer, his redeemer is gonna tell them why all this happened and tell them about the drama that Satan was pulling, and it was from Satan, not God, that did all of this. And I'm sure God's gonna do that for each one of you here. But until that day, I won't be told why all of this is happening. I'll just be told by God, Brandon, please accept the loss. That's a hard one. I'm still working on that one. I hope you're further than, than I am on that. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for what we can learn from <laughs> uh, an incredible character like Job. Wow, what tragedy. And yet was able to say this and not, not say, he, I'm done with God and God didn't rescue me. God didn't protect my kids. He didn't even say any of those accusations against you. 
That's amazing, Father, but that's what we want to emulate. We want to be like him in this, this whole game that we're in life of loss. We're just constantly losing. So help us, Father, to get to that point of trust to where we can just give it over to you and accept your will for our lives. Help us, Father, to get there. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.